But what happens for these people, see, is they have to understand uh, that national self-determination is the right of all people. It's up to them to determine the course of future and their country's fate. And instead of trying to, you know, escape their country, um, they should they should go back and fix it. I mean, you you look at one of the biggest problems with Mexico, for example, why a bunch why all the illegals want to come here and, and live in America versus their own country is you you look at what it's become. It's it's drugs, gangs, and cartels, murders, kidnappings, rapes, death. That that's basically what they have. If you decide that you want to ruin another country's economy, if they're on your border, then you're going to have refugees. It, it makes no sense. That's uh, how you stop it. If we were to take our National Guard and put them on the border, I guarantee you illegal immigration would be halted. It is November 6th, 2018, Election Day. So yes, um, welcome to Paradox of Civility, a special election day episode. Now, uh, it's only a special election day episode because this episode is being released on November 6, 2018, which is a big election day for the United States of America. So, um, sorry if I misled you there. Um, I'm not Nate Silver. Um, This isn't a podcast in which I can analyze or predict or, uh, you know, reflect even upon voting patterns, uh, how it's going to turn out. Uh, In fact, if you're listening to this after November 6th, I don't know um, how things have turned out yet. So um, we could have uh, sunken deeper into maybe a 30th circle of hell. I don't know. Or there may have been some electoral victories that point towards some hope that uh, the fascist tendencies, uh, the fascist policies, I should say, of the current presidential administration may be checked, and that maybe the humanity of this country may still be alive. But the podcast you're listening to right now, um, what it's about is me, Roy Koshy, revisiting uh, an online radio show that I did back in 2012-2013 called The Hate Project, in which I I, uh, actually conducted conversations with actual hate mongers, actual members of hate groups, as well as various uh, other people who called in. The show is anonymous, uh, for those who've listened to this podcast before. The show is anonymous. I allow people to call in, uh, not giving their identity so that they could actually be or at least feel free to be more honest about their points of view. So uh, at the top of this episode, the voice you heard was somebody named Edward McBride, or he he goes by the title Commander McBride. That's his official title uh, in his National Socialist Movement chapter. Um, and he was talking about uh, people from Mexico immigrating to the United States And um, he was basically talking about all the evil diseases, uh, bad stuff that they bring. And then he also mentioned, um, you know, he was advocating that we put the National Guard at the border um, to push them back and make illegal immigration stop. Now, the reason I'm revisiting these conversations is to um, basically present them in relation to the current administration of the Trump presidency that we are now experiencing. So 
Um, we are often hearing a lot of the same talking points that have been espoused by fringe neo-Nazi hate groups uh, being heard in the highest offices in the, in the land in America right now. Um, Trump has been referring to this caravan of migrants from Central America, Honduras, and other places as um, an invasion. He calls it an invasion, and he's been using a lot of those same talking points that you just now heard. Uh, they're bringing their criminals. I mean, this is basically the same stuff he's been saying since he announced his bid for the presidency. Uh, you know, bringing the rapists, the criminals, all that stuff. And he's even claimed that some Middle Easterners have been uh, disguising themselves as part of the caravan. So um, he's basically um, being really uh, efficient with the hate right there, trying to get two groups at once here. Um, okay. Um, and these are comments that have uh, not originated with Trump. They've often originated in the right-wing media ecosystem from actual anti-immigrant groups, policy think tanks, uh, to Fox News. So um, these are not just fringe ideas anymore. And furthermore, uh, to speak to Edward McBride's comment about deploying troops at the border, President Trump has ordered the U.S. to send f about, f at, at the time of this taping, I believe, 5,200 uh, U.S. military troops to the border. Um, now, the Pentagon has been pushing back on this because... Uh, according to Posse Comitatus Law, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, that law forbids the U.S. military from enforcing domestic laws unless there's absolutely no other choice. However, uh, military analysts say that Trump can also still use the National Guard or U.S. Marshals or ICE uh, to back up the Border Patrol that's already occupying the border if they need to. Um, so, so what does this say? Um... The fears espoused by Edward McBride are not only being validated by the current president of the United States, um, the actions that neo-Nazi McBride wants to take to deal with immigration from the southern border um, also being validated and uh, taken seriously by the Trump administration. Now... Does Donald Trump talk to Edward McBride? Who knows at this point? Okay, probably not. But um, here's why I'm sharing this. These views by a neo-Nazi who most respectable society would shun, they, they'd shun the Nazi, but a lot of these views that he's espousing are not really all that fringe. It seems that quite a few Americans share these views. In fact, um, so it's been reported that militia members, uh, non-military militia members, are planning to arrive at the border because they've been stirred by Trump's rhetoric um, to protect the border. So um, they are intending, and the military is trying to prepare for this right now, these militia members are intending to show up heavily armed um, to basically um, defend the border from the invasion of shoeless children who probably haven't slept in days and um, the women and men who love them. And uh, not only at his rallies that he's still having after he won the fucking presidency, uh, Trump is re repeating a lot of these talking points to cheering crowds, uh, but also the right-wing ecosystem, 
like your Fox and Friendses and various uh, right-wing outlets on the internet, um, they are also pushing this false narrative of this criminal migrant caravan stealing the resources of Americans. Now, it's obviously not that simple. Uh, the other voice that you heard at the very beginning was Naj Radio. Now, Naj was the African-American sports host who also hosted the show on Talk Shoe, and he called into the Hate Project regularly throughout the run. Um, so at the pretty much like the bulk of the clip you're going to hear tonight is, uh, or today, whenever you listen to this, um, is McBride and Najredo debating uh, immigration policy in the U.S. and even like how the U.S. is culpable in the current immigration crisis. Um, again, um, I will post some articles on this in the description below because I am not stellar at um, being a historian on U.S. involvement in Central America. However, uh, a brief overview, um, a lot of the refugee crisis that countries in Central America are experiencing right now are due to either U.S. direct involvement or U.S. backing uh, totalitarian militaristic regimes that oppress those people and destabilize that uh, entire country uh, either through military support or money, including Honduras, um, where many of the migrants in the caravan are reported to be coming from. So, of course, in last week's episode, I spoke about the deadly synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. Uh, in New York City, uh, there have been, uh, at Union Temple in Brooklyn, there was vandalism uh, with statements that said things like, kill all Jews. Now, in that particular case, an arrest has been made. Uh, somebody named James Polite, um, a young African-American male, I believe. Um, hey, look, not everybody who supports... Uh, White supremacy, white nationalism is white. But nonetheless, this is a hate crime. It's an act of terrorism, especially after the most deadly attack on Jewish Americans in U.S. history. Um, and this is also part of a broader problem, even here in liberal New York City, where um, there were also recently um, swastikas found at other synagogues all over New York City. Um, in Manhattan, in Brooklyn, and elsewhere. Just a couple days ago, at the African burial ground in downtown Manhattan, racial slurs were found all over that monument. Um, so there's been a spate of vandalism, hate vandalism, damage even, uh, done to property uh, designated by ethnicity or race here in New York City. Um, and then also, I can't neglect to mention the shooter in Tallahassee, um, Scott Paul Bierley. Um, he went to a yoga studio in Tallahassee, and he opened fire, and he murdered two women, and then he shot and killed himself. Um, now, Bierley, I don't know, if, I don't really care if I'm pronouncing his name right or not, he uh, had YouTube videos, uh, ongoing YouTube videos that ranted against women, non-whites, um, gay people. And um, he also had a history of harassing and attacking women as well. And he identified as an incel. So this is yet another situation where the far-right ecosystem is producing uh, killers. 
I'll post another article about that one uh, from February by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, but also, interestingly enough, in his, in addition to his hatred of women, in one of his videos, um, he was uh, attacking slutty girls, um, and he was railing against the Affordable Care Act. And then in the same exact video, he was uh, criticizing the invasion of Central American children, um, and he was saying that migrants should be deported, like migrants seeking asylum should just be deported. Um, so a lot of these talking points, again, uh, they've been there. Uh, this is a video, I believe, from 2014 where he was saying this. And, um, you know, uh, these talking points are just turning into actual policy that affects people's lives. So um, I should let you uh, know about the context of the episode you're about to hear. Um, I made myself anonymous at this point, um, and so I gave myself different personas every week. So in this particular um, episode, I hosted the show as someone named Love Tree McFlower Blossom, and I just wanted to like have fun playing a very loving hippie character because I knew it would annoy all the little like Nimbuster, Forchani type Nazi fascist psychos on the chat so it was kind of like uh i knew the trolls were coming i decided to do like a reverse troll back at them um i'll post a full length uh episode later on this week because it might be fun to listen to um so anyways when you hear me talking uh in ways that don't seem recognizable i'm playing this character love tree mcflower blossom anyways here's the episode i will be back at the very end but if you're listening to this on November 6th, 2018, and you haven't voted, please go and vote right now. Uh, listen to this episode while you're voting, but just be sure to vote. Okay. Okay. Well, folks, this is The Hate Project. The regular host is out, and I am the guest host for the evening. My name is Loveless McFlowerblossom. And here I am hosting the hate project. Okay. Wow. Boy, what, what a yin, yin and a yang situation, right, everybody? <laughs> so let me just describe this show. What is the hate project? Well, it is a show about hate. Ooh, it is also about the sources and reasons for why people hate each other. Now, this show extends an invitation for all racists, sexists, homophobes, and other people with feelings of bigotry to anonymously call in and have an honest discussion about their feelings of hatred. And, of course, we invite anyone to call in. People of color, women, homosexuals, anyone who's ever faced prejudice, you can call in anonymously and share your own experiences and views on bigotry and hatred. Or, if you yourself harbor said views of a bigoted nature, you know, some of us have darkness in us, and it's best to just light a candle towards it. Hello, is this guest number 19? No, nah, this ain't no guest number 19. Oh, is this Nash Radio? What's happening? Hi, how are you? I'm sorry, uh, our, our uh, little, like, uh, our little uh, chat over here is giving us a hard time, um, so I'm not seeing who's, uh, who's on tonight. Um so I've heard a lot about you from the regular host. I'm tonight's guest host. I am Love Bliss McBlossom Tree. And um, 
you know, I've been hosting the show with love and acceptance to everybody. And um, I tell you, you know, we did some like really fun things tonight. Um, for instance, I see racism as usual. Um, looking at the chat. <laughs> yes, but Nash Radio. Um, we Shout came... out to Dragon. <laughs> Shout out to Dragon. But uh, I tell you, Nash Radio, um, we came up with um, – well, I, I'm going to take credit for this. I came up with this. Uh, people were using the N-word, and whenever they would use the N-word, I replaced it with glow joys. Hmm. So I, I decided instead of saying N-word, I would say, you know – like they would say, you know, these glow joys are ruining our way of life. You know? You know? Isn't that fun? Hmm. I, I'm a choice of words there, but it doesn't surprise me, man. You've probably been infected a little bit hanging out with these people you're hanging out with, man. Infected? What do you mean by infected? Well, I mean, you're talking to, you know, not the most well-read group up in here, so, uh, you know, what do you expect? Do you mean, do you mean uh, bodily infected? No, no, no. I just said they're just not uh, – how do you put it, man? I don't think these guys are read – Anything outside of the propaganda that they uh, stick to. So, you know, it is what it is. Right, right. Um, yeah, not very smart men. Not it? very smart men. Not very smart. By not very smart men, I mean, you know, those guys, dragging in those boys. Right, okay. Well, uh, you know, I'm sorry, my chat just went blank again because it, um, the talk shoot chat, I don't know if you have this problem on your radio show, but like, the chat just sort of halts, and I have to refresh, and it just takes a long time for it to come back. So I'm just going to write. Well, you know what? I actually usually don't have any problems on my show, but uh, I think it was about a week ago. Uh-huh. I started getting calls from a certain groups, uh, certain little white groups calling in, making you know little threats and saying things very loud, interrupting uh, the interviews, everything I was trying to do, man. Really oh, God. Was this on the? This wasn't like your personal. This was just on talk shoe, right? Yeah, just on the talk shoe, man. Uh, actually, I actually had a former writer from the Washington Post and a former pro tennis player on, and they interrupted the interview with more than nonsense and silliness. Huh. Do you think? Do you think they discovered your show through this show? I don't. I don't know how they found me, but they did find the show. They definitely called in, man. Okay, well, you know. I just wanted to blame you so you knew, you know what I'm saying? Sure, well, you know what, I will take the blame, <laughs> uh, I will pass it on. Um, you know, um, you know, I tell you, like, you know, as as my uh, sort of former friend and acquaintance, Pad Craig, he's a monk in the San Fernando Valley, he says that hatred is just love with a mask on it, with a scary mask like in those Scream films. With you know the scream films, the the screaming loud films with uh with uh Courtney Aniston and and Nevi Campbell and well, Daniel. Uh, well, well, let me just say, man, the, the great George Bernard Shaw said, "Hatred is a coward's way of attacking people who intimidate you." So oh. that's pretty much what you got when you're dealing with people like this. Okay, it doesn't surprise me. So we're like right now they're in the chat room, but they won't call in. Like they yeah. said, they wanted a conversation that night, but didn't have a thing to say now. So right now I'm asking. Well, they like, they uh, did call into your show. Dragon? 
I'm calling you out now. You want to call in then? Why not call in? Call now. You say you want to have a debate? You want to have a conversation? Call in and speak. Speak your piece. Hmm. Well, Dragon, I mean, you know, uh, you are you are welcome to call in. Um, I do have to end the show pretty soon because <laughs> it is getting a little late. Uh, coward. Uh, I've had coward. too much juice. And so um, if you want to call in, you're more than welcome to. Um, if not, I understand. Uh, let's see what he's writing. I, I'm just catching up with the chat because my, my thing has been slowing down. You so, probably are a fast reader, guest 17, but do you retain anything? And are you reading the right things? Are you really learning? Probably not. I bet you're not going to listen to me, guest. They jump out. I dare any of you to call in and we can debate right now about anything. I dare any of you. Okay, would anyone like to call in? Anyone? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, see, Pendesky is talking about one of the guys on my show. You don't like the way he speaks. Say, what are you going to do, man? That's how the guy talks. What do you want to do? Right. Let's see. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me just see what here what he's saying here. Uh, Naj Radio, you had one guy on your show who speaks a weird style of Ebonics. Blacks laugh at his language skills. Well, laughter is a good medicine, P. Dembski. La- laughter is wonderful. So, I mean, that that's that's an accomplishment. Nobody laughs at my jokes. <laughs> Guys. Dragon oh, says he can celebrate what? the murder of MLK. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. When he wrote something like really fun that says white pal. White pal. White white uh white pal. That what sounds like that a mean? fun marshmallow. White oh. pal. Oh yeah. Oh that Yeah, that is. Who is this? <laughs> this dragon? Still ain't got much than you. Well P. Dembski call in, you coward. I still ain't got my forty acres in a mule. So um Naj, I I'm just, gonna, if you don't shut your ass up, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Where's that? Who is this other gentleman calling in? I still ain't got my 40 acres in a mule. I don't know who that clip is. <laughs> Sounds like an angry guy, man. Oh, I still uh, ain't got my 40 dude, acres in a mule. Dude, since this is the hate project, and but the problem is you don't have any man. haters on the line. They're too scared to call in. Uh, did you discuss Django with those guys, man? Uh, the Tarantino movie. I did not. Um, you know, I just. <laughs> I, that I would just, be that would be very interesting to hear what these guys say about uh, Django. <laughs> Dragon, you have any opinions on Django? <laughs> so I'm trying, uh, Naj. I'm trying to. Uh, I can't uh, mute this other call it's because. Not, and, oh, you don't know what my people have been through. Please don't do it. Is that a clip from Malcolm X? No, that's not Malcolm, man. Don't, don't slander Malcolm, man. Okay. No, I you mean the movie, not, not the real man. Please don't do it. My father, he wasn't there, small. No, no, no. It's not I Malcolm. was a too, so man. He said he wants to call on his terms, so he doesn't want to have anything to say. Guest 11 said black revenge fantasy garbage. That's, that's an interesting take. I can, I can Ash, definitely Ash. understand somebody saying that. Did, did you did you see the film yet, Nash? Yeah. I saw it. Uh, 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 what is that? 
I, yeah, I, I, I saw the movie though. I mean, it was it was an interesting movie, but I could definitely see where somebody, especially a white man, would say black revenge fantasy movie. I, I could definitely see somebody saying that. Did you feel that way about the great movie? No, it was it was just it's pretty much just a popcorn flick, man. Just a lot of action, a lot of a lot of shooting. Uh, they didn't really go deep into any of the stories, so it was yeah. You know. Did you did you feel any sort of a and it's and it's okay if you did uh, did you feel any offense at anything about the film? No. Okay. No, not at all. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, you know, um, nobody else is calling in tonight um, except for this this uh, fun so little sound gadget they, they, robot. They want to have the conversation on their terms. They don't want to just have a conversation. Right. Because their positions are not well thought out, they're not very intelligent men, they're all cowardly, and I'm talking about every last one of you, and first starting with Dragon, and the other guys who called into my show, mainly News Guy 2005, you coward, call in and speak your piece, man. So, uh, Nash, and I'm not I'm not trying to put you on the spot with this, but um, Go ahead. Are you, is it okay if they call into your show again? Hell no, I don't want to hear from them idiots. Um, I do a sports show. I don't do a show on politics or race or anything like that. Okay, okay. Show. Just put, just asking. Um, yeah, I, I definitely do not want the company of those people on that show. Now, if they wanted to call in and talk sports, though, yeah, I would definitely do that. But to call in and hear some of their white supremacy garbage, nah. Okay. Well, um, so any of you can call into the Forget hate project. Forget this Saturday news, guys. Let's do it right now. He, he's putting up an invite for me and Pendesky to debate. Let's do it right now. Set it up. We can debate right now. I'll shut him down like I shut him down the other time because he doesn't know much. Right. Okay. Well, Dragon says because you can't go beyond sports. Well, I'm, I'm asking not to talk about sports. Let's go right now. Hmm. Crickets. Nothing to say. Yeah. Typical urban bluff. <laughs> Hey, what is an urban bluff? First of all, <laughs> these guys are funny, man. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I've just, I've, I've just been like, I've been just throwing out love beams, and I, you know, I'm gonna give out uh, some double heart hug attacks tomorrow, and they might be heart attacks because like they're going from heart to heart from me, guys. So all of you guys. Um, you know, we can't put the word glow joy tonight. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Can I just comment on this? News guy said, I heard Naja's show just bullshit about how the black man ain't getting his mask in terms of sports. You really got that from us talking about the NFL? And the- <laughs> What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well, guys... Hey guys in the chat, I mean like we're all laughing together. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? Anyone? <laughs> but cornmeal cannot hide it hold in his teeth. <laughs> Twenty one, that's funny, man. <laughs> Why do black brothers love Kim Kardashian? Uh typically men like good looking women. So I don't think that's like a black thing, but hey. Right. I'm missing a lot of this on my end. So let's oh, see. Oh, you're missing okay. comedy gold in this chat room, man. These guys are funny. Okay. So Super T.I. says, when the hate project says he loves you, basically treat it as a threat from him to give you AIDS. 
Well, you know, if you need any help, anybody out here, if you need any help at all, like moving, you know, I, I am willing to aid you. Okay? I hope, I hope you guys all know that. Um, and that goes for anybody out here. Any of you out here. Yeah, but well, news, news guy says the black guy who sounds white, I don't know what sounds white means, but okay, was just whining about how he can't get a sports writing gig because he's too black. Uh, well, if you know the guy and know what he's been through, you you might change your opinion on that. He's actually been attacked by real white supremacists, not guys like you. He's actually been attacked by w- real white supremacists. You ha- you have been? No, uh, a guest on my show who was a writer. Uh, he I wrote a book talking about race in the media, and he got a s- supreme backlash from uh, the white supremacist crowd, but not guys like this chat room fellas here who don't really have anything to say or really want to debate like the real deal guys came after him so okay is he okay yeah. well yeah he's okay like i said he, he was a professional tennis player who wrote for the washington post and a lot of other different publications and uh like i said they pretty much ruined the interview but it is what it is okay well you know what um hold on one second we have a call here all right, here we go. Boy, oh boy, I am staying late up tonight. Hello, um, I have a Commander McBride on the phone. Commander, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I believe I was on one of your shows, uh, I'd say, sometime last year when you had a, a Christian identist uh, from the Aryan Nations on board. Okay, yes. Um, well, I'm the guest host tonight. I am I'm Loveless McFlowerblossom. Mc, uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm sort of having a love-in tonight, doing something different tonight with the show. Oh, cool. So, you know, I'm just, I'm spreading love beams. Um, I have love-ins often, often in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I've talked about that enough. Uh, what, what would you like to discuss, Commander? Well, I have no idea, uh, no idea yet. I just got off of work a few minutes ago, and I seen that your show was on, and I seen uh, the display image, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I remember being on here once before, and it it was uh, a, a very interesting uh, conversation. Um, <clears throat> so I figured, yeah, what the hell, I might as well try it a second time. Well, Commander, um, it's interesting you call in because um, you, sir, are a pag- you you are a white supremacist, right? A white nationalist, yes. but you're also a pagan. Yes. Okay. Well, I also have Naj Radio on the phone, who's, a, who's an African-American gentleman who has a sports show. Yeah, I remember we've, him. We've talked before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah talked. okay, you have talked before. <laughs> it's a small world. We keep running into each other. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, there's a big difference between uh, him and the guys in this chat room. Like I said, he's read a little bit. He knows his positions. And he fights for his position, so you got to respect the person at at that point. So I have no problem with the commander. We actually had a long conversation. Uh, didn't turn into any kind of crazy arguments, just a back and forth. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's usually how it turns out. I've been on uh, I've been on a few shows over uh, over the last year and uh, this year. Another one I've been on is uh, Nation Talk, hosted by a Reverend in uh, uh, East Georgia, um, and he told me. Um, and well as a few other of my associates, that we are some of the most um, upstanding, respectful individuals that he's even met. And this, this is an African-American male. And I was like, well, thank you, <laughs> I guess. 
Oh, so now the chat room says Naj is backtracking. Naj is scared. No, I was calling the people in the room coward. I've talked to this man before. I don't have any problems with him. I don't agree with him, of course. I think his position is crazy, but, hey, it's life. Everybody has their own choices. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can agree with that. So, uh, Commander, um, you know, the the main host told me about you. Um, so how does your pagan faith play into your separatism? I, I'm still kind of, from what uh, the main host t- described to me, I was a little confused about that. Well, it's it's very interesting because I get asked that quite often sometimes um, by a few people. You know, why does that play in? Because you, you look at the majority of people um, that consider themselves to be in the same position I am, um, you know, within the, uh, the, quote, white supremacy movement and that they're all Christians or Christian identists. Um, but for, for people like myself, um, we maintain the idea that you can't consider yourself a national socialist at the same time as you're considering yourself a Christian because the national socialist perspective, uh, you know, back in 1933 all the way to 1945 in Nazi Germany was, you know, why um, are we Christians when we're, our principal enemy is the Jew, and yet we claim to, to fight the Jew, but on the other hand, we kneel to him. Um, so for us, it's uh, it, uh-uh. I will never pay homage to any foreign god. I, I won't do it. But where? But like, as far as like the pagan religion, though, like uh-huh. I'm still confused. Like, where do they preach? Sort of like separating yourself from other races or other cultures. I'm. I'm well, basically, still... what it is is the parts that they preach <clears throat> is preserving one's heritage, one's history, um, one's culture, and one's racial identity. Um, you know, a lot of people argue, well, when you, you know, mingle uh, with other races or you, you mix with them, well, you're not really losing anything. You're just adding to it. <clears throat> but that in itself, that, that's a lie um, because I had a, I had a show, uh, say, last year going towards uh, November. Um, I had the, uh, the guy who's in charge of uh, the Antifa uh, in the United States. And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's anti-fascist. Um, Daryl Jenkins from OnePeoplesProject.com, and he said, you know, you don't really lose it. And I was like, well, I tend to beg to differ because when you mingle and you mix with these people, you're you're creating something that's not of your people. So in that sense, you are losing your history because you're diluting it and you're mixing it with different people. You know, you're mixing the cultures, and, and that doesn't work. And that was proven when uh, George Lincoln Rockwell, one could even argue who started it here in America, uh, when he held a rally in Madison Square Garden and was applauded um, by, uh, I think, about 15,000 black Muslims who agreed with him. On that yeah, but that, all that means is they're, they're both wrong. That's all that means. Like I said, McBride, if you talk to the guy, you see he's an intelligent guy. I think he has... A lot of room to grow. He's a younger guy. Right. I, I don't think this is your final position, McBride. I think someday you will change a little bit. <laughs> I, I strongly doubt that. <laughs> well, I, because... I, I'm just saying that speaking to what we talked about last time and how much you oh, know, yeah, I mean, I think, anything's possible in the future. there's definitely going to be a change with you, man. But, it might not yeah, happen I... in the next few years, but there's going to be a change with you because if you're a person who's a reader and who's a thinker, 
Mm-hmm. There's just going to be levels to where you can't ignore the evidence. You can't go by these things that you're taught and that you're trying yeah. to talk about right now. I, I know you believe it now, <laughs> but there's a whole lot of room for growth for you. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, you know, nobody can predict, you know, what's going to happen to somebody, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. You you just you, you live your life one step at a time, um, and you try and do what you feel is morally uh, correct. Yeah, well, I'm saying this from the perspective of somebody who's been around black people who hold the separatist position, who after years of anger and studying and ignoring facts and trying to roll with that same ideology, after a while being faced with the real world and having to change, man. So I I definitely see that in your future, man. Who knows? You know, I love what's happening. I, I Oh my God, guys! As I, so I'm a militant lovist, and um, I'm going to tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna give somebody a hug attack in in both of your names. I, I give hug attacks. I, I walk around. I dress up like Jesus in my neighborhood, and I I, I administer uh, forgiveness to people. You know, um, the the paper boy. He throws papers at me, and I say, "I forgive you, son." And I'm going to give him a hug attack and say, this is from Nash Radio and Commander McBride. Think about that. Hey, man, don't put my name in there. Uh, McBride, <laughs> okay. did you, McBride, did you see the Django? Did you What's see that? The movie? Did you see the movie Django? No. Will you see it? I, I want to hear what you think of it, man. Well, and I definitely think it's something Charlie after, and Dragon after are funny I'll look for I give it up to him. I mean, uh, I'm definitely looking up. Because if you if you're gonna tell me it's funny that you know I'm always I'm always down for a good laugh. Definitely, I, I got to give it up to P. P. Dembski and Saladin and Guest Twenty One. Those guys are funny, man. As, as ignorant <laughs> as they are, they are funny. I do got to. Give it up. I gotta say, you know, Mr. As much Dragon as I over don't want to laugh at some of the stuff they type, they are funny. Dragon over here is like an aspiring. Uh, from what I understand, what the main host told me, and what I've heard in previous shows. He's he's a little grumpy tonight because he didn't like how the show's going, but he's like a comedy he has like a lot of comedy zingers usually. Uh-huh. Dragon. And I believe like Nash Radio and Dragon spoke a long time ago for a long time. And uh and Dragon Live loves Tyler Perry films. Did we not discover that? <laughs> oh wow. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not lying about that. He's antisocial today. Oh, man. <laughs> so, McBride, have you walked away from the Hitler position? No. Are you still backing Adolf? Absolutely. Oh, too bad, man. Too bad. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to ask that question. I knew you were going to ask that question from our last encounter. <laughs> what was the question? I, I, I tried my best to get him off of that position to get him to leave the Hitler stuff alone and just speak his separatist movement, but he would but not to, to do be it. honest with you, I, I will tell you this much. Um, our last encounter definitely definitely opened my mind to a few possibilities because I had downloaded the show that, that I that I was on uh, and that you had also uh, surprisingly joined in on and I realized something very interesting happened there and I, I screwed the momentum up. Because what I had had happen once you started talking 
and you had let your position and your, your thoughts on things be known to the individuals that were hosting the show, it created a level of infighting, and they were no longer you know, trying to you know, mock or you know, make fun of, of anything that we were trying to say, but instead you guys were fighting back and forth, and we, we d- divided uh, the two parties on there, but then I allowed them to rally themselves together uh, be behind the whole God religion. Yeah, religion. They, they went after you with religion. Yeah, yeah and the end result, I was called a godless. Uh, I've been yeah, called oh, a lot of things in my life, but never that. <laughs> somebody asked if I voted for Obama. No, I did not. Why would you ask uh-huh. somebody like me that? No, I didn't. <laughs> so, well, I guess 20 years smarter than that. No, I didn't vote for Obama. So when I, when I downloaded that show and I, I replayed it and I listened to it, I was like, you know what? I learned something here. When it comes to the Holocaust and when it comes to religion, it's irrelevant. It has no relevance with current politics that are being discussed. And I learned that, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with my politics or the policies that I think the United States is wrong on. So what relevance does it have in the conversation? And that is where I I made my, my critical mistake. One, I will not be repeating. Yeah, a lot of political scientists learned about that uh, this past couple of years. They would try to bait them into saying that they were a truther as far as 9-11. Now, if you say you're a truther, that discredits any other information you're giving to people. Guys like, I I know you won't like him because he's Jewish, but guys like Chomsky decided they just would not speak about it. So people would ask him if they're a truther, they would say no. Do you think 9-11 happened? They would say, yes, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it. Why? Because people use things to discredit you. So they'll yeah. use so religion and events like that. Yeah. So, guys, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, we have another caller right now, and uh, Dragon, 1488. The Great Dragon. The Great Dragon. I just wanted to ask Commander McBride what group he is with. <clears throat> what group am I with? Yes, I'm sir. with the, uh, the National Socialist Freedom Movement. The National Socialist Freedom Movement? Yes. I wouldn't give all that to spell out to a kindergartner. <laughs> <laughs> what did he just say? I have no idea what that was about. Yes, I, I voted Green Party. I wrote in Jill Stein. National the hell have I heard that from before? Well, I've heard your name before also. Do you, are you familiar with a gentleman named Brian K. Bass? Um, it doesn't ring a bell. Because uh, he had mentioned a guy uh, who always used the alias Dragon uh, several times, and uh, it was very interesting, some of the things he had to say. Well, McBride, now they're calling you a fed. Yeah, well, you know... I I will say to my dying breath to this day, if I'm a Fed, prove it. I have better things to do than battle these these stupid-ass malicious rumors, a third-party gossip with absolutely no facts, no proof, no references, hell, not even a single fucking telephone number that can verify. Well, guys, guys, you know – Guys, I, I, I can relate to you, Commander McBride, a little bit because we've gotten accusations tonight from that, 
mm-hmm. people accuse this show, The Hate Project, of being some sort of informant show or data mining show or some sort now of best show. Now they false southern accent. <laughs> yes. And, um, well, you know, I just want to say, you know, the, the main host of The Hate Project said these words to me. He was just like, that would be a colossal fucking waste of fucking federal money to waste on talk shoe. If I was the federal agent assigned to the talk shoe uh, assignment, I'd blow my brains out. The man walks in and says, gentlemen, I, need, I got an assignment for you. I need you to monitor this room that has 20 callers. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very right, important mission. You must but monitor I, I think it's these funny, 20 Dad, callers. You know, these people, they can, you know, it's it's not the first time I've dealt with this. I've been battling this rumor for the last three years, and I, I know I know where it originated. I know who originated it, and I know what group originated it. Um, so I'm not going to go into details there. But as far as anybody calling anybody a Fed, I mean, hell, the proof was out that Hal Turner out in New Jersey was a Fed, and everybody buried their heads in the in the fucking sand and chose to ignore that. Never mind the fact that he was making five thousand dollars for every name that he turned over. But Wait now that he's released Hal from Turner, prison, is that Sean Hannity's friend? That guy? That uh, not 100% sure. But oh, now that God. Hal Turner's free and currently residing in New Jersey, I haven't seen nobody talk about him or even personally try and show up at his house and pay him a face-to-face visit. I mean, you've got a proven traitor, a proven sellout, and a proven federal informant who outlived his usefulness to the system – and what, what happens to those who work with the system? Well, when you outlive your usefulness, your, your immunity for certain things goes away, and you get prosecuted. Hey, Commander, what's your website? It is nsfm.sharepoint.com. The last, wow. What's the middle? Share, you say SharePoint? Can you type yes. it in on the chat? Yeah, you can type it in the chat room, either or. So, I mean, like I said, you know, you have you have somebody like, you know, Hal Turner who, you know, has proven to be a federal informant and free, and nobody even talks about him anymore. Nobody wants to show up at his house and say hi. Then you've got people like Bill White. Come on. I mean, come on. The guy was arrested for violating his parole for trying to flee the country to Mexico. And this is, quote, a white supremacist who – is obvious from what he says, anti-illegal immigration and anti-Mexican, but yet wants to go live amongst these people? I mean, come on. Something, hey, man, I, 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 I said this on the show before, The Hate Project. The funniest thing to me is watching white supremacists argue with each other. Like, the <laughs> fact that you guys are not all on the same accord is funny as fuck to me. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's, it's a natural thing because you can't, you can't build a coalition based off of the race that you are. Any coalition has to be ideology and character maybe, and integrity and who you are. You can't. Well, no, I can tell you. It's maybe not you that. guys can have a. Maybe you guys can have a racism mixer. Well, no, I can tell you. I can tell you for a fact that that's not the case. It, what you said, Nas, isn't the case. What it is, and this is what prevents us from unifying, rallying together, and supporting each other as a whole. This is what stops us. Preschool. Bullshit. Secondhand gossip, third-party rumors with absolutely no proof to back up their assumptions or their claims, and it all boils down to is what group wears what patch, what leaders have problems with this group, and it goes on 
and on and on. This McBride, is McBride, though, that, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. At some point, you guys are going to have to come back and decide that, you know what, we're going to have to get rid of some of this ideology, and we're actually going to have to build and deal with black people, Latino people, everybody who is living in this country, who's a regular working Joe, who's been, you know what I mean, shitted on the last 30 years. Well, you that's can't that I build these coalitions. With. You can't build these coalitions without everybody. Because what needs to happen is conference. our egos need to be put aside. That's the problem. Our and egos. how long do you think that? How long do you think you can solve an ego problem with males, with men? Come on, man. That's, That's easier saying. said than done. <laughs> At some point, you guys will have to include blacks and Latino with you and figure out where everybody has the same uh, issues with either the government or the way society is run. Uh-huh. And until then, like I said, you guys will have to deal with their divide and conquer tactics. That's what they do. I think I think there's a good place for the for the for the blacks and Mexicans. Uh, Dragon, I'm Look, sure you do, but we're not talking black. about somebody who doesn't think past their damn nose, man. We're talking about no. people who actually have ideas and you know deal with more than binary about, thinking. Don't about my ideas. Dragon, you come on, man. You don't know nothing about them. <laughs> I've heard them, man. It's short-sighted, simple shit like. So, I have a quick Ford, question. Ford, uh Jewish rhetoric book type of shit. It's not very well thought out. It's not even good. You got to do better, man. Like I what? have a question, guys. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, so you guys are against mixing of cultures. Yes, extremely. And and you're also against, um, you know, there's there's a lot of factions, as Naj is describing, in this movement. Um of like mixing between like a lot of the factions of the white supremacist movement. So what would happen? And I'm asking this out of curiosity as a lovist, what would happen if a Klansman and a Nazi lady had a baby? Would that be miscegenation? <laughs> as a lovist, I'm very, I'm just very curious. Oh, shit. I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> oh man. But uh, your your thought on that is way wrong. My thought is, yeah, yeah, because it, it's it, it's it's an ideology. It, it's not it's not on the same level as a cultural. You know, a, a neo-Nazi or a national socialist is still a Caucasian. You know, regardless if it's a Caucasian male or a Caucasian female, you both you both come uh, from the same legacy. Maybe uh, you know you might be. You know, part Irish, part part whatever, but overall, you are still Caucasian. So naturally, nothing changes. The only thing that becomes a conflict in the household is the political ideas. That's it. And a lot of people don't even know, for all practical purposes, that national socialists or neo Nazis and Klansmen should, by all by all accounts, be be natural born enemies because people forget. I think it was uh, thirty thirty or thirty five years ago. Uh, the Klan in America uh, denounced uh, neo-Nazis and national socialists as a foreign ideology and anti-American. And there were, there were several attacks. There were several attacks on both sides towards both parties, like one could argue you know, with the Hells Angels and the Outlaws. Yeah, but McBride, what was going on at the time? <clears throat> you had the NAACP and the ACLU suing the Klansmen, putting pressure on them, so of course they're going to separate themselves from 
mm-hmm. more, I guess you could say, controversial groups. That, that's only a natural thing. But like I said, right. this is just the same route that you guys will be going if you keep continue to keep this ideology. You'll, you'll keep going down the same damn road, man. What but happened see, the to the Panthers is, and other groups who said the same thing? What happened to them wasn't an accident. They're going to do the same thing to you. Mm-hmm. But what happens for these people, see, is they have to understand uh, that national self-determination is the right of all people. It's up to them to determine the course of future and their country's fate. And instead of trying to you know, escape their country, um, they, should, they should go back and fix it. I mean, you, you look at one of the biggest problems with Mexico, for example, why, a bunch, why all the illegals want to come here and, and live in America versus their own country is you, you look at what it's become. It's, it's drugs, gangs, and cartels, murders, kidnappings, rapes, death. That, that's basically what they have. Yeah, but that's way too simplistic, McBride. You gotta, but it's, it's if, true. If you want to bring up the Mexican economy and why they come over here now in droves, which is kind of slowed down, you got to go back to the one and only Billy Clinton and signing that NAFTA agreement, uh-huh. which allowed us to put companies down there and ruined <laughs> all of their small farming jobs that they had. So they had uh-huh. to come here. But now and you, I you tell you right now, if down. Americans could go to Canada and double or triple their salary, you see Americans running over the border trying to get over there, man. So it's, it's just common sense. But you said it yourself. It's slowed down, and the reason why it's slowed down is the American economy. That's why. But just wait till the economy tries to you know, restart itself and bounce back. You're going to see the number go up and up. I mean, hell, just a couple of weeks ago uh, – actually, no, not a couple of weeks. A couple of months ago, I was at a, at a Walmart just looking around through the DVD section – and I seen a video cover that really caught my caught my attention immediately out of everything. And the 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 photo on the front was illegal Mexicans coming across the border, pregnant, etc., um, with no credentials or anything. And, and I read the back of this, and I was like, you know, what, what a piece of work this is. You know, this this has nothing. And it showed in there. Um, you know, their gangs that they brought with them, their diseases that they brought with them, you know, frankly, diseases that have been non-existent in the United States for countless decades. Now we see them coming back. But once again, though, it, it, it breaks down to the fundamental question. If you decide that you want to ruin another country's economy, if they're on your border, then you're going to have refugees. It, it makes no sense. Uh-huh. That's why uh, the old big-eared gentleman from back in the day, Ross Perot, uh-huh. Said in that election during that time, if NAFTA is signed, you'll see a great shucking sound of American jobs going to Mexico, and that's exactly uh-huh. what happened. So, I mean, it's easy to blame the Mexicans for coming over here, but if you look at it from a realistic point of view and put yourself in their shoes, what mm-hmm. the hell would you do? If well, see, Canada is two times what you make now, I guarantee you we run over there too. The solution is simple. You look at you know what happens in the Middle East every time Israel you know bombs Palestine and and the Gaza Strip, and you see an influx of refugees from Gaza you know heading towards Egypt, and Egypt shuts down their border and puts a military presence there, saying ah uh-uh, no. And then what ends up happening? Egypt gets on the phone with the UN. The UN gets on the phone with the United States. The United States gets on the phone with the Israeli ambassador and says, hey, you got to knock off your bullshit. Egypt's getting pissed off, and, and it is what it is. That's how you stop it. If we were to take our National Guard and put them on the border, I guarantee you illegal immigration would be halted. It, it's, not a, it's not a matter hold, 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 of – Hold on, man. Hold, hold on. You're, you're talking like they want it to stop. If they really wanted it to stop, it would be a huge fine, and either 
you lose your license to practice business in America for hiring them if they didn't want them over here. But no, what do they and do? That's, that's what they I'm trying to say. They actually arrest the illegal aliens. So it's and that's what I'm trying to say. Here. They, they, if they, I was they selling, here. If, if I had a liquor store and I only sold to underage children, you would come and shut down my liquor store. You wouldn't arrest the children. No, hell so no. It, it's just nonsense. No, and that's that's what I'm saying is they, they want them here. Because it, it, it's like you said yourself, you know, you know, you look at the uh, the construction field and the drywall industry. Why pay somebody twenty to thirty dollars an hour when you can hire a Mexican and pay him seven fifty and he's happy and content? Well, that that's a problem with Americans as a whole. The fact that they're greedy enough to, I mean, you're ruining your own country by bringing other people in and paying them low wages and stopping the employment of. Average Americans who would have those jobs. That Americans who just want to use their damn back and be a hard worker are pretty uh-huh. much outpriced now in this system. So it's yeah. not like the old days where you could be an uneducated guy who just wanted to work hard. Yeah, and that's a damn shame. No, it is. It is. I mean, you, you can even look correct. at me. I'm not an intellectual. I'm a regular dude. Yeah, I mean, you can even look at the youth today. You know, there there's no incentive for the younger generation to want to work. They they have this this sense of entitlement that everything should be given to them, a sense of they're they're they have the right to whatever they want and they don't want to work for it. I see it all the time at my place of employment. All these these young kids just standing around doing nothing and bitching because they actually have to work hard. Well, it's like yeah, all right, McBride, well, I have to work. Doesn't every generation say that? Doesn't every generation say that about the younger generation? Well, it's true. You know, come on, man. It it is. It's true. Eh, I, I I can see the, I can see where you say you can find instances of that, but to say that as a whole. Because I, I see a lot of young kids creating different apps for iPhones and different things like that. I see a lot of creative yeah. kids, man. I I worked in a couple of schools a little about five years ago. I see a lot of young kids willing, not only willing to work, but they're understanding that they don't want to work for other people. They actually want to mm-hmm. start their own business. So I'm kind of inspired by the young, uh, young generations of now. Yeah, there there will always be the exceptional few that rise above the uh, the average standards. Uh, of of the mass, uh, but with that being said, I'm referring to the majority of the younger generation. That's just their their whole sense of I don't care. It doesn't affect me. You know, I mean, it, it's it's stupid. Why should I have to work? You know, 11 hours and 40 minutes a day, and, and work twice as hard because these young punks don't want to pull their weight. Well, let, let's put it when in they're context, perfectly let's capable. Let's put it in context, though. You you got a lot of young people who saw their mother and father work at a different company mm-hmm. and see that they can't make a living wage or not enough to own their home and own a vehicle and things like that. Yeah. And at that point, kids do check out of the system. But if the system mm-hmm. is not presenting itself as uh, if you work hard, you can climb up this ladder, then wh- what do you expect from kids? We we do exactly. a lot of bragging. We do a lot of bragging in America, but we're 54th in the world in education right now. Oh uh, yeah, a lot I, I remember that conversation. Here, but <laughs> so, so uh, dragon. I don't know. Boy, um, you know, dragon. Um, are you are you just sort of like taking some time to yourself right now, taking some yogic breaths, to sort of like uh, send I'm love to yourself? Okay. I'm just listening to the commander talk, and I need to get that website again. I thought you were going to type it in on, on the uh, chat box. <laughs> 
All right. It's nsfm.sharepoint.com. Share. So guest yeah. number 21 here, uh, yeah, and, and Commander, if you want to type it into the chat, you know, we are, we are, you are more than welcome to. I'm not at a PC. I'm, I'm on my phone. Okay. Yes, 21 well, uh, is a genius. He said, I'm not a math major. You are correct, sir. And I've also not made any points that use math. So that would kind of indicate that you're having a little problems with math as well. So guess, Sorry, guess, um, guess number 21 wrote, Americans equals fucked. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna replace the word the C word with Amera, Amera deliciousness, delicious life. How about that? Delicious life, <laughs> Amera delicious life was fuck. And uh, your your website's over here, uh, uh, Commander NSFN. Commander, where you're bringing up the points of why we have so much infighting. Another thing you forgot to mention is everybody wants to be a chief and nobody wants to be an Indian. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there there is there there's a lot of that. I've I attempted um, back when I was with another organization for a total of five years, um, and I had left because the person in charge of skeletons came screaming out the closet, um, and I could no longer blindly follow this individual. Um, I had left, and I had made contact with a group called the uh, American National Socialist Party, um, and I had a few people that were willing to come in with me. Um, Yeah, and I learned some history about him, and I said no, and his immediate reaction with me and my guys that I wanted to bring with me, uh, he wanted to make me a regional, and I told him on the phone flat out, I said no. I said, that, that is something that you work for, that is something that you earn, and I said, not only would it be a smack in my face, but it would be a smack in your members' face, um, considering that they've been here longer than I have, and they've worked harder than I have to get where they're at. What right do I claim to accept that kind of position when they don't know me from Adam, and you don't know me from Adam? And his, his words yeah. at the time were, well, that's, that's respectable and understandable. And I said, well, at least we're in agreement. Yeah, I joined the ANSP uh, quite a few years ago. Well, not quite a few, about five years ago, and it's the same, you know, same bullshit. Yeah, that, that's that's what I noticed with them. And one of the things that you know kind of discouraged me a little bit before I found out some of some of Mullet's history and his uh, chief of staff's history um, was he, he was telling me that it is mandatory for any kind of person in any kind of leadership position to put out at least. 50 flyers um, every two weeks. And I told him, I said, well, are you providing these flyers for these people, or or are they the ones having to do it? And he said, no, they're the ones having to do it. And I said, well, what happens to those individuals that don't have access to a computer or a printer? What about those that are living paycheck to paycheck? How do you expect them to do this with this many flyers and at this such a short frame, you know, time frame? And he goes, well, you know, that's that's on them. In order to maintain your position, you have to prove that you're committed. Yeah, well, he kind of dropped off the map once he bought a house because now he has some actual tangible assets that can be taken from him now. Now that he's got, I called him a coward a few years back when uh, when he had said that he had uh, refused to do any kind of public demonstrations in his 
in his home state out of fear of being targeted. And I told him, I said, Mullet, I got news for you. You're already targeted. People know who you are. They know what you look like. For Christ's sake, your number is on the web. I said, anybody can go to Google and find out where you live. You're already a target. At best, it's a mood point. It's irrelevant. You can't say, oh, hey, I'm going to go to Pennsylvania and put on a demonstration and then say, oh, I'm not going to do anything in my town because I'm afraid I'm going to stir up the pot. Did you McBride, the people in the, the people in the chat room are calling for you to explain how you got the title of commander. Yeah. Well, it's it's simple. Um <clears throat> that that isn't something that I went for. That was something that was offered to me um by a good friend of mine um and the person who uh, co-owns uh, a group that a lot of people are familiar with, the uh, National Socialist Movement headed by Jeff the Poop Scoop. Uh, what a dumbass he is, but that's another story. Um, and when we had left this organization, um, we have we have all rights to the organization's name, um, everything. The only thing that Jeffrey owns is the websites, the servers, the NSM records, the patch, and the flag. That's all he owns. He owns the incorporated businesses, but as far as overall rights of the organization, it belongs to us. We were currently engaged, I'd say, three years ago um, in a two-year battle, uh, court battle over this <clears throat> with Jeffrey. And, it, and then we decided, you know what, we're not even going to pursue this anymore. It's a waste of time. The organization's infiltrated out the ass. People like uh, uh, John Schneider in Indiana, who, who made America's Most Wanted for being a high-profile sex offender. Um, then you had uh, this year, actually, Duke Schneider, um, head of Jeff's security, um, being a proven race mixer. Um, and then you've got Jeff himself. <laughs> I don't need to say more there. So once we had just decided, you know what, we're not even going to do this anymore, and we we reorganized, formed our own thing, and we were basically leaderless. Um, and I was kind of helping out with all the members, you know, trying to get their ideas, you know, trying to motivate them, inspire them um, to be greater than what they are, you know, better themselves. And I was at work one day, and I got a text, and it said, you know, Ed, much discussion uh, with everybody throughout the rank and file, and we all feel that you should be the one to take this position. And I said, okay, I agree, under two circumstances. They said, all right, what's your circumstances? I said, one, until you can find somebody who's better, more qualified than me, and who can bring more to the table than I can, or two, till I'm dead. If you can find somebody who can do more than me, bring more to the table, and produce more results than me, I will gladly step aside, and I will drum like I've never drummed before. You can call me the little drummer boy. I will pound the message on a daily basis. And when I took over, I gave us a website. <clears throat> I designed us a membership patch. Um, I've designed us uh, flags, uniforms, etc. The list goes on and on. So I am fulfilling at least in my opinion, my obligations that I swore that I would fulfill upon taking this position in 2010. McBride, it's sad to see this wasted potential in what you're doing, man. I know you're not going to agree with what I'm saying, but I, I really do think right now you're wasting your potential. But it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. Man has to okay. walk down road. Well, you know, um, guys, um, I do have to end the show, unfortunately. Um so thank you, and um, you know I tell you, uh, I love you all. I love every syllable uttered by all of you. 
and so does Mother Gaia Earth. Mm-hmm. Now, if you and, guys are uh, interested, not to interrupt you, um, we will be hosting a show um, tomorrow um, at 7 p.m. till 8 p.m. Um, if you go to my profile, uh, Commander McBride, uh, Commander underscore uh, capital M, lowercase c, B-R-I-D-E, um, and you go to you know the shows that I'm following, you'll see ours. Um, feel What's free to join it? in, comment. Uh, my show is called Commander McBride's Community Call. Okay, great. Well, you know, uh, guys, I do just have to get off the. Uh, I, I do. We do have to end the show. I have to. Uh, I have to do my nightly meditation and uh, my nightly sort of love beaming, where I beam lit, mounds of love from my body to the universes, and I'm going to be including all of you guys. So the regular host will be back next week. Thank you all for participating. He'll be thrilled that all three of you called in. Uh, we are at Monday nights at 11 p.m., um, and um, I'm just going to put um, the email here. If anybody has anything to say about the show, please send an email to hateprojectradio at gmail.com. Or send us a uh, message at Twitter, which is at twitter.com, the hate project. And, uh, well, uh, and, I, and I'll be setting up a call for P. Dembski and News Guy and Dragon and whoever else wants to come in, and we can work some of this shit out. Some of this great. shit we're talking, we can see. I love it. This is great. I love dialogue. Called- dialogue is love. Later. All right, guys. Uh, have a wonderful evening, uh, and I love you all. Okay? And as always, Nas, it's a pleasure. Uh, same to you, McBride. Take it easy, Good. guys. Good night, guys. I just want to comment on uh, Naj Radio's assessment of uh, Edward McBride. Naj seems to think that um, being a neo-Nazi is not McBride's final destination in life. Because Naj, and he indicated this, he sees there's an intelligence there. He sees that um, there's passion there's even some humanity within McBride there. And Naj sort of identifies that perhaps that intelligence, that little speckle of humanity is going to be used for better things in life. Um, I felt the same way. I mean, McBride calls in throughout the rest of the run of this uh, show, and um, he demonstrates ranges of really ugly views and ugliness in general. However, I did also sort of feel that there's an intelligence, there's a charm to the guy. Um, And I do not say that in any way to justify or even make light of the repugnant, hateful, genocidal, and frankly dangerous ideology that he chose to adopt. Um, I don't know where Commander McBride is these days. Um, I tried to Google, I didn't find much. I don't know if he left or not, um, if Naj Radio was correct or not. Um, Yeah, but um, I hope Naj Radio was right on that one. Um, Of course, you can email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com. The email's in the description below. Um, If it's November 6th, please go out and vote if you haven't already. And if you voted already, thank you. I will talk to you next time.